you're looking to sell your home at realestateagentsitrust.com. Our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com the first votes have already been cast in New Hampshire, as is their tradition in that fine state. Every year they do a, uh, like a midnight vote in, in one of the towns, uh, three small towns actually in New Hampshire, Dixville, Notch, Mills Field, and Hart's location. All get together and do a little midnight voting uh, just to kick everything off. And the early winners are Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and John Kasich. On the Republican side, each received a total of nine votes across the three towns. <laughs> Just so stupid. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's a fun little thing. It is fun. Thing, but it's, so, it so far, Ted Cruz tied for first place. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about Put that about, in your pipe and smoke Because this is a good Pat Gray moment, usually, this, this mm-hmm. moment. Because if I remember correctly, uh, was it 2008 or 2008, uh, Duncan Hunter uh, won one of the small, these first towns. <laughs> it was like yeah, the only thing he ever... That. Really succeeded within that primary run, and Pat was a big Duncan Hunter guy. Oh, I love Duncan Hunter. <laughs> He's great. Duncan Hunter Senior was awesome. Yeah. Junior's okay, but Senior was great, and I, th- I think he would have made a good president. He just didn't get a lot of traction. No, he didn't, you know? except for this first. <laughs> I think he won the first uh, town in New Hampshire. I think he did, and then that was it. From there, it kind of went downhill a little. A little bit, yeah, but it's not going to in this case. Uh, on the other side of the aisle, however, Bernie Sanders won handily, and this will probably be the case statewide. He defeated Clinton uh, 17 to 9, so he almost doubled her uh, vote. And he's up like 60 to 31 in the voting, so or in the polling. So it's going to be a bloodbath for Hillary Clinton. And I think, well, I, I honestly believe her camp is really starting to be concerned now. Well, did you see this uh, Politico story? I don't know if it's in here. Uh, let's see if we have it here real quick. Um, it was a Politico story talking about how she's getting ready to blow out all of her advisors. Now, that's oh, not yeah. supposed to happen from freaking yeah. Hillary Clinton right. in, in, after right. one state. Right. Um, but she's saying um, she's very disappointed in that. I love this is what politicians do. Very disappointed in the messaging of the campaign. <laughs> uh, that's you. OK. Right. You're the one saying the words. If you don't like the words from the person, don't say don't them. say them. It's your, your words. Uh, you know, if you don't like the ads, don't approve them. At the end of every ad, you say, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve of this message. So don't say that. Don't let them run the ads you don't like. Now, I understand it's Wait, some... what do you... Yeah, this is I'm difficult. I'm trying to get this down. Okay. You're saying... Mm-hmm. Uh, am I getting this right? Because so, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to understand, because mm-hmm. it's pr- pretty complicated. You're saying if I don't agree with what they've put in the commercial, mm-hmm. when I listen to the commercial before I say I approve it... <laughs> right. <laughs> I should say I don't approve Guys, that. Uh, let's do this. Let's, not let's do, do this that one. differently. Huh? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Wow. I mean, what has her messaging wow. been? Her messaging has been, uh, "I, I will be Barack Obama part two. That's the right? message. Uh, this is going to be Barack Obama's third term because I love Barack Obama. He's done a great job, and I'm going to keep doing the job he's been doing. Right. That's her message. And Nobody her se- wants that. The second part of her message seems to be, I agree with everything Bernie Sanders is saying, but we can only get about 50% of that done, so I'll make sure to get that 50% done. 
That's about like it. That, was yeah. that inspiring to you as, as no. a primary voter? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, look, no. we all know that these things are hard to do. Ted Cruz has proposed a 10% flat tax. Is that likely to happen? You know what? It's going to be really hard. Really and hard. part of me believes that it probably won't happen because, you know, someone in the Senate will block it or whatever. <clears throat> uh, but the point is, do you have your what principle are you working from? It's like, you know, people talk about this with Donald Trump all the time. Well, he's going to build a wall. Well, I mean, look at what his what, what are his principles? What is he falling back on? What are the foundations of what he says? Because, yes, he everyone goes in there with plans, but you can't. No one gets all their plans done. Nobody does. So you're going to get some of it done. You have to see what part of the principle, what foundational principle is driving that person. What is what, what inspires them when they get up every day? Because there's going to be some new situation that we're not even talking about now. That's going to be, you know, the situation of the day. And how is that person going to deal with it? You know, I mean, you know, look at the news cycles change all the time. You know, when Rand Paul was coming up and he was announcing his candidacy, everyone thought there was going to be no, you know, not everybody, but 99 percent of people thought that the foreign policy was the least of his concerns. You know, people thought, well, it was an economy. This guy's the new libertarian moment. Now he's out of the race because all we're talking about is ISIS. You know, a couple of years ago, there was no ISIS. Mm-hmm. The point is, how, it's not like how Donald Trump says whatever is in the front of the pages, new, uh, newspaper, well, how is he going to deal with that? Well, anyone can come up with how, he's reflecting how you feel about it. You're angry about it. He says how he's going to do right. it. Of course. And he never says how he's going to do it. He just says the thing that you're feeling. Yeah. That's the Donald Trump way. Yeah. Um, however, there, when it comes to a new thing that you haven't thought of, what, how is he going to deal with that? Because he doesn't have... Uh, the anchor in the Constitution. Mm. He doesn't have the anchor in small government. He doesn't have the anchor in conservatism. This is all, even the most charitable look at Donald Trump says this is extremely brand new to him. All of these things are brand new ideas. The guy in 2013 supported the DREAM Act. He was saying you can't send people home. This, This immigration opposition is brand spanking new to this guy. Maybe he's nailed it perfectly. Maybe he's come. He doesn't have plans to do a lot of these things except for make Mexico pay for. But maybe all of these things are now hearted inside of him like a foundation. Well, more likely, he's making it up as he goes along. It's like he says, we're going to defeat ISIS. I'm going to knock the hell out of them. And we're going to win against ISIS. We're going to win against Mexico. And we're going to win against China. We're going to win against this. We're going to win everything. And we're going to win so much. You're not going to you're not even going to like winning anymore. And then I'm going to keep winning because I'm not going to listen to you when you say don't win something sometime because i'm bored with winning i'm going to keep winning and i'm going to you know it's like a it's like a four-year-old saying daddy i'm going to be an astronaut and i'm going to i'm going to be a quarterback for the green bay packers and i'm going to hit 700 home runs in 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 the Mm -hmm. major league baseball for the yankees and i'm going to and you're like okay son good and then you don't plan anything else for the rest of your rest of his life because he's already told you he's going to do all those things and you just believe him right i mean that's how stupid we're being Donald Trump is like that four-year-old saying all these things. We're just believing it? I mean, come on! It's unbelievable. How is it possible that you just say, oh, well, he's going to get things done. He's going to beat ISIS. He's going to take us to the moon and Mars. He's going to go to Saturn and Jupiter. And then he's going to make the sun a little bit cooler because it's too hot in Texas. But he's going to... He's going to warm it up in Montana, and he's going to win against Mexico and China, and he, he's going to make everything really good and really nice, and we're going to win at everything Actually, we do. Actually, he's, he's going to make it great again. He's going to make America great again. I mean, 
It's absurd. It is so And for people to say, yeah, I like that. Trump's going to get it all done. He's going to listen to all the things. How could you not like him? I don't know, because he hasn't told me how he's going to do any of it. And he's, I mean, look, he's obviously still liberal on a lot of things. And like the, Jeb Bush, just one more point. Mm -hmm. Jeb Bush, like he said, the guy's a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real estate guy. He doesn't know how to do any of this. No, of course he doesn't. And, and look, <laughs> even if it was just, Jeez. like, you know, a guy who comes in and says, I'm going, I want, is anchored in small government. His reaction to things is how to deal with the Constitution. Like, that person might not know how to get everything done. I, am I against a business person ever running? No. I mean, I would be happy with a businessman running and, and being president of the United States. Mm -hmm. um, but it has to be somebody who's anchored in their correct principles. Right. So when right. there is something that comes up and some, some advisor comes in and says, look, what you don't understand is this has to happen. And, you know, we, we, he doesn't maybe know all the details of it because it's not been his game. He has to be anchored in the principle to sit here and go, wait a minute. I, the, what you're talking about is going to expand government. And, and I don't want to do that. Figure out a way to get that done without expanding government, and then I'll think about it. You need somebody who's going to do that. And with Donald Trump is what you have is the exact opposite, a guy whose principles his entire life have been to enlarge government, to mm -hmm. utilize government for his own purposes. Um, and then, again, the most charitable reading of this is six months before he announced his campaign, he had a massive conversion from being pro-amnesty to anti-amnesty at all costs, sometime in a six-month period mm -hmm. that he has never defined what it was. Mm -hmm. Because in 2013, uh, and between when he really started, when he first started th tossing it out there that he might run was probably the end of 2014. So somewhere in that six to 12 month period, he had a conversion where literally he went from Yankee fan to Red Sox fan, mm -hmm. like just. Oh, somehow in that period, without that's what happened. Us without telling happened. us when it happened. When it happened. And without telling happened. us how it happened. What happened. No, none of that. What is the conversion point? He's yeah. obviously... Now, I think you can make an argument that in reality, if you really look at his current policy, it also is amnesty-friendly. Uh, he's mm -hmm. tweaked it a little bit uh, because he's saying now, well, you have to send them home and then we'll let them all back in. So we're going to spend all the money to deport them and then just let them back in anyway, which kind of seems ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But if you're a person who thinks he's good on the border and you think he's hardcore on the border, you have to ask yourself, A, why did he have that transition in that six to 12 month period? What, what happened in there when he went from Yankee fan to Red Sox fan? What would possibly occur? It would be a massive change in your life. If it was real. Mm hmm. Where is it? Mm -hmm. Why hasn't the press asked him about it yet? Why hasn't anyone tried to get the moment in which he converted from the biggest, you know, amnesty, Mitt Romney's too tough on immigration, I support the DREAM ha uh, Act with Orrin Hatch. Uh, you can't let these people who've been here for 20 years, you can't just send them home. All on television, he's saying these things. And then a year goes by, and he's converted completely to the opposite side, where he's the hardest core of the hardest core on immigration. Now, it's obviously theoretically possible, but man, would you have a great story to tell. You know, like, for example, some of, someone in his family got murdered by an illegal immigrant. That might change you, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. There's none of those stories, though. It's just he was this way and now he's this way with no explanation, and we're all supposed to believe it. If you believe this man on the things he says, you're crazy.
You're crazy. You might think that he's going to do some things and you don't care about policy. You don't think you don't care about whether he's telling the truth or not. I just want someone to shake and tear down the whole system. All right. I mean, maybe he will burn down the whole system. He's been established in his whole life. Again, there's no reason to believe he would do that. But if you want to believe that, that's fine. But if you actually believe he has any convictions on any of these policies, you're the one that's nuts, not him. He's manipulating you. He's using you. He's the smart one in this little arrangement. You're the one who's dumb if you're believing him. And, you know, I don't believe him. Pat doesn't believe him. Jeffy just says spoon, so I don't know what he believes. But, but oh, sorry, Jeffy, I didn't mean to, in the middle of that rant, <laughs> redirect it to you. But you're essentially Jeffy if you Let's believe see. Trump is what I'm saying. Right? That's kind of, mm-hmm. and even Jeffy doesn't believe him. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, and he can't even get it by Jeffy. Yeah. Well, most of it. Most of it. That's true. Some of it, yeah. Uh, I mean, on the other side of the slate, uh, the Democrats, uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. And I, I'm so glad because they don't know what they're going to do either. And uh, they're, they're in a real mess right now because nationally, it's, <laughs> this is no longer just New Hampshire and Iowa. Nationally now, they're in a virtual dead heat. Hillary Clinton Amazing. and Bernie Sanders. I, I never thought in a million years this could happen. But she has gone from, you know, whatever it was, 68 to 7 at one point, to now it's 48-45, Hillary over Bernie Sanders. Mm. 48-45 in the new uh, Reuters poll, I think it is. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Reuters-Ipsis poll. And uh, she's got a 48-45 lead. Uh, and, I mean, he just continues to cut away at the margin between the two of them. And you just think, okay, well, yeah, all right. It's Iowa, and there's a bunch of who knows how that happened. <laughs> but then New Hampshire is right next to his state. So certainly after that, it'll be clear sailing for Hillary. No, apparently not. I mean, it's starting to really tighten up. Now, there is no national primary. primary so you still have to look at this on a state-by-state basis, and she's probably way ahead in states like South Carolina. But it's, it's know, amazing the job he's done so far, as bad a candidate as he is. Yeah. He's a social, he's a 74-year-old socialist. It doesn't get any worse than that in America, does it? Unless you're a flat-out communist and, and you just, uh, I mean, you just flat-out proclaim that you're going to put people in concentration camps. <laughs> so that would be an interesting position. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Can't imagine it. But this is the uh, this is the worst thing I can imagine in yeah. America. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was hearing uh, Bernie Sanders have a speech this weekend where he was saying, oh, the top uh, 20 people have more money than the bottom 50% of people. Uh, and more wealth is the way they always use that term. Because obviously, right. when you use wealth, you're eliminating every single person who lives somewhat paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a great little tool to manipulate those numbers because wealth is like, you know, if you have money in your bank account, if you have actual possessions, but people who live bank account, you know, paycheck to paycheck don't have those things. They might be paying for their lives and be able to pay their bills and live a somewhat comfortable uh, environment but, uh, in life. Mm-hmm. But if they only have, let's say, a month worth of savings, uh, you could say they have very little wealth. And it, it, those numbers look great. But he said he said something in effect of like, oh, the top 20 uh, have more money than the bottom 50 percent. Is that is that the way America should be? And, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I know uh, most of the crowd had said no to that, by the way. Mm-hmm. They did not think that was the way that America should be. <laughs> um, you know, shouldn't America be a place where that's possible? Shouldn't it? 
I mean, is America a place where we just take money from people who earn it and give it to other people? Or we just redistribute the wealth? I understand that's what Bernie Sanders wants it to be, but is it that? It's never. It's not in the Constitution. It doesn't talk about that at all. It talks no. about, in fact, all the way through uh, our, our, our entire um, uh, life as a, as a country, we had people like Glenn talked about today, like Rockefellers, who had more money than any of these guys do today when it comes to relative terms, uh, size of the economy. Was it Rockefeller or one of those other guys, Vanderbilt, one of those guys, owned something like 11% of the economy. 11% of the e- entire economy was one guy. Now, what, is, that, uh, is that something that we should uh, uh, you know, take to tear down? Is that, is that something we should create laws to solve? Well, it's, you know, no. No, we Mm-mm. should not, uh, actually. Mm-mm. We should uh, allow people to be able to get what they can get. That didn't mean he, Rockefeller wasn't taking money away and, and, uh, and, and meaning that other people could not uh, rise up. In fact, he created probably more jobs than anybody in American history. Uh, at least, you know, that whole era, when you're talking about individuals creating jobs, probably more than anybody ever has. I, I don't, you know, this idea that it's just, it just looks mean. And this is what we're talking about with it's, uh, it looks bad. It's emotionally bad. The same thing that Sanders is tapping into is the same thing that Trump taps into. It, this, I feel like it should be different. I don't have a reason to believe. There's no constitutional backing for it. No economists believe this nonsense. But I feel like it's bad. I feel it. Solve it for me, government. I feel it. I feel like that house next to the casino is ugly. I feel it. Make it happen for me. And that's the way they both think that should make you scared as a conservative. Not if you're a socialist. It should make you scared for that. If you're a socialist, you should like Bernie Sanders. But if you're, and you should like Donald Trump, to be perfectly honest, if you're a socialist. I mean, the guy is promising just as much as Sanders is when it comes to health care. Uh, he's just not branding it Obamacare. He'll do Trump care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the same thing. I mean, you know, he's, he Universal wants to, coverage. I mean, he actually is, the, the, the policy that Donald Trump is advocating for, uh, for health care is more extensive than Obamacare. It's mm-hmm. actually more liberal than Obamacare. He's talking about everyone. Obamacare doesn't promise to, co- to, to cover everyone. I mean, they've talked about it in a universal way. He said it on the campaign trail, but when you look at the actual policy, they estimated it was going to leave eight digits of people uh, uncovered. Uh, and it has. They were right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Trump care, no, that's everybody. And the government's going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's what you want as a, as, as a Republican, because you can get that. Go to the Democratic primary. If you're thinking that's a good idea, go to the Democrat primary and vote for Bernie Sanders. That's what he's promising. I, I thought there was supposed to be an opposition party. That was, no. my, that was my belief. Yeah. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. And then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. 